this is all india radio in the weekly program current affairs now we bring you a discussion on key bills in parliament the participants are political analyst ks achidanand murthy and shekhar ayer ashwini shrivastav journalist initiates and moderates the discussion parliament session is going on the session that is started on june 17 will continue till july 27th all the newly elected members of lok sabha have been administered the oath the election of lok sabha speaker has already been done om billa who is mp from rajasthan kota has been selected as the new speaker of lok sabha so now the legislative business has started mainly from today 10 ordinances have been promulgated during the intercession period which are to be replaced by this acts of parliament as they shall cease to operate at the expiration of 6 weeks from the assembly of parliament that is august 1 2019 46th bills have lapsed on dissolution of 16 lok sabha which were various stages in both the houses some of these important bills are likely to be taken up in this ensuing session let us talk about the few of them the government today introduced the fresh triple talaq bill replacing the second ordinance promulgated by the president in the lok sabha amid vehement protest by opposition members who claimed that it was violative of the constitution sachi sir we would like to know from you what are the importance of this bill and why government is inclined to bring or pass an act right from the early parts of uh, mr modi's first term this has been a priority item on their agenda for social transformation of this country about how personal laws especially the distortions in personal law have to be addressed by parliament and so they have taken this initiative to bring in because the government has held that the bharatiya janata party's manifesto had said that they need for a uniform civil code which will codify all the personal laws into us but then they have said that this particular thing instant triple talaq is not part of the sharia which is practiced by the muslims so it is not must in their thing and also it's an extremely cruel one sided thing and which is violative of the constitutional principles of equality and right to law for women concerned government has been stressing on this but the what had happened was the government prescribed also stringent jail sentences for those who give instant triple talaq the husbands who do it and so there was a criticism that it was very coercive and it can lead to huge number of men being put in prison by overzealous bureaucracy and officials so there has been various for reasons and also the government will push its agenda of reform civil code this has been the apprehension of the opposition that's why as you rightly noted there has been intensive protest both in the lok sabha and the rajya sabha by opposition parties even janata dal united which is an ally of the bjp electoral ally in bihar and they have a government together it has said that it will not support the government's move for legislation on triple talaq as you rightly pointed out that there is a provision of 3 years imprisonment is there in case of triple talaq and there is also a provision for payment of subsistence allowance to married muslim women and dependent children as the bill was introduced today shashi tharoor said that it was objected mainly towards one particular community that is muslims and aimim mp asauddin ovc also objected to it it says that the party the ruling governments objects to women's entry in sabrimara temple on the one side and the other side they are pushing this bill do you see this is a political game or some sort of thinking by both the ruling and opposition party shekhar sir now we will have to remember this is the same bill which was earlier passed in the lok sabha this is an amended form earlier bill which was passed in the lok sabha and it went to rajya sabha and there it was hanging because 
some of the provisions were considered to be too harsh. Subsequent to that, the government held a lot of discussion with the NGOs working among Western women and other Muslim groups, the progressive groups, which made some suggestions. Suggestions were incorporated and the bill was again amended, the Lok Sabha amendment was. So that was a bill that went to Rajya Sabha and since it could not be passed there, so the bill previously passed by the Lok Sabha automatically lapsed since house was has been dissolved and a new Lok Sabha has come. So this bill that has been induced today is exactly the same bill that was passed by the Lok Sabha last time. And some of the changes have been made in this, particularly reference to forgetting bail. And also there is a provision for compounding the offence where the judge will decide if on the basis of the statement by the victim. Because the big issue about this was you should allow scope for reconciliation. Suppose the woman wants to get back to her husband or the husband wants to make amends and come back. There should be a provision. This was taken. Interestingly, this amended provision was hailed by all the groups, particularly Muslim groups. But what has happened on the other hand is, apart from the apprehensions which Murtiji mentioned, there is also a fact that these parties, which are very, very male-dominated parties, more looking at how the Muslim men are responding and how the Muslim clergy is responding. That is a mindset which the Prime Minister Modi wants to battle. Because it cannot be on the basis of purely because one section of that very community which doesn't want. Because in the Lok Sabha elections, we saw in many of the constituencies a number of Muslim women turned up for vote and there were instances in places like Rampur where we heard some Muslim women were prevented from voting because of fears that they may vote for the BJP on this issue. So this issue, it is not Muslim community versus the rest. It is rather an issue of gender justice and these parties particularly who have fared very badly in the Lok Sabha elections are still seen as some prisoner of the particular attitude among a section of that community Therefore, whether it is JDU, which is again Nitish Kumar looking at the prospects of the next assembly election, or Congress, which initially was supportive of this bill, then turned, you know, then they went against it. So these are rather political issues and problems facing these parties, opposition parties, which are in a state of crisis. On the other hand, this bill was an important element in the BJP manifesto throughout the campaign. Modi did mention of this and the party's commitment to get this done. This is where we stand. Of course, the issue will be what is the prospect of its passage since the Rajya Sabha, the NDA does not have its number. That's the most the interesting part with these parties saying we will not support it because they have numbers there. Obviously, the NDA has to convince these parties or they will have to accept the demand of the opposition that you further put it in cold storage by sending it a select committee to study the bill. But Shekhaji, how do you respond to the concerns raised by some of the religious leaders of Muslim community that this bill is sort of an infringement, let's say, interference in their religious matters? No, but this same debate, we heard it last time. You see, these, we have gone through this debate in the Lok Sabha when the amended thing came. See, the triple talaq has been outlawed by many Islamic countries. This is, has been outlawed by many countries including Saudi Arabia. So therefore, this particular issue, we have seen this debate. Actually, what is happening is you are again rerunning the same issues and you are going to hear the same arguments and counter-arguments. But as far as government's commitment is concerned, I think the government is not going to budge on this because it sees as an important legislation because Uniform Civil Court is a much bigger issue because the government had even said that last time when the bill was passed that this is limited to this particular thing. Now, what is the necessity for it? Because the bigger question is, why should it be done? The law minister also mentioned it today, which is where the Supreme Court outlawed it, said, okay, it is not there. Despite that, there have been more than 200 cases reported 
where women have said they have been divorced by their husbands on the basis of an SMS or a WhatsApp or just a plain phone call or even nothing. And this has been applied because and when they go to make a complaint to the police station, the police people normally say we don't have a law. That's why these ordinances have got repeated. That ordinance has been repeatedly reissued. Now, does the existence of every law mean that it will be violated? We have a law against murder. We have a law against violence. Your entire CRPC, IPC is, is to cover crimes. But doesn't mean because there is a scope for a law being abused, should we not have the law? So this is the argument from the government side. Sachiji, as government has huge majority in Lok Sabha, the bill will easily pass through. But yeah. as Shekhar sir pointed out, it may face some opposition in Rajya Sabha. How do you see its prospect of passage in the upper house? From what I have heard is that a team of the senior ministers, including the law minister, the the new leader of the house, Tavachan Ghelad, the social justice minister, because this is an issue which comes under the subject of social empowerment and justice, as well as the Parliamentary Affairs Minister Prahlad Joshi, have been working on how do we approach different parties, especially the government considers our friend-sitters, like regional parties like the YSR Congress or Biju Janta Dal, who have substantial number, whose voting with the government or even absence can tilt. Because we must remember that this is not a constitutional amendment which requires... 50% of the members to vote and all that. This is a simple amendment, so which requires the majority of those present and voting. So I think the government is capable of planning this, you know, even arranging some abstentions and other things. And then this is a strategy which will keep on developing because you have to work on the about 40-50 members of the house, how they will respond to the various old tours of the government. Let us move to another bill that was also tabled in Lok Sabha. It is the Homeopathy Central Council Amendment Bill 2019. The bill seeks to replace an ordinance issued in this regard by the previous government and this bill will help the Central Council of Homeopathy in exercising the powers and performing function of the councils. The tenure of the council will be extended to two years. That is one of the proposal of this bill. Now seeing this bill, how do you see the government's trust in homeopathy and other streams of medicine, be it Yunani or Ayurveda? Actually, this bill is very important bill, but I do not see much opposition to this bill. Actually, the bigger important bill is the Indian Medical. That is a bigger bill which even Vengaya Naidu today said it has been pending for the last 33 years. This particular bill which is before the House is to set up a National Medical Commission to improve the quality of medical education and also have a new regulatory body. Since the previous, we have seen the Indian Medical Council had come under a lot of cloud over you know charges of corruption when it came to granting recognition to medical colleges. This is to basically the regulate the functioning of medical universities, granting of recognition. So this is a more important bill. There is an opposition in the sense that some of the private colleges, private trusts which run medical, they have been somehow trying to lobby to stop this bill. I think that's a more important bill. Of course, again, the opposition has been saying that, you know, don't pass this bill, let it again undergo further study. Again, there is a lot of daily tactics, but there is a feeling that a lot of this position to this bill is rather motivated by the Western interests outside Parliament, which is somehow is 
fears the setting up of the National Medical Commission. This is a bigger issue which the government is equally exactly. pursuing. Sajid sir, as Shekhar sir pointed out, this Medical Council of India faced allegation of corruption and it is no more a clean body as pursued by investigating agencies also. There has been a CBI case into the affairs of MCI and Medical Council of India, as we all know, it conducts checks of private and government aided institution. Its approval is necessary for a medical college or institution to increase the number of seats or whether they want to introduce a new courses. Considering this importance of this bill in medical education in the country, do you feel that it will get through from both the houses of the parliament? So, as Shekhar said, you know, there are a lot of vested interests involved. The mushrooming of the medical colleges in the country, the two private medical colleges, has led to intense lobbying. Even when a state government like Karnataka wanted to pass an ordinance law against profiteering and other things by the private medical colleges, there was a countrywide agitation against. Even on the Medical Council Act, there has been an agitation by the Indian Medical Association and all that. So, it is a tough one. Again, the government with this bigger majority, because this government had said that we are committed to passing this law, because again, we must realize that this law has become necessary because of very sharp judgments of the Supreme Court in this matter, saying that uh, something is rotten in the whole way medical education is administered in this country. And also simultaneously you must see that this year the government has decided that implement the 10% uh, reservation for forward communities and other things. It is just going to increase about 30% of the medical seats in the country. New medical colleges are going to come. So we have to have a 21st century system for monitoring, regulating and developing medical education. The old health minister is back now, Dr. Harshwardhan. Are you thinking as a doctor or as an administrator? He had been asked this question. The government is very committed to this because also the questions are being asked because of various crises in different parts of the country, medical crisis and all that. So I think this priority will be maintained by the government. Shekhar said there is shortage of medical profession in general across the country and there is shortage of medical institution as well. And there are less number of seats the shortage of faculty members and there are mushrooming of private medical institutions across the country and there are reports in newspapers, in media that these private institutions charge a lot of sum to give admission to aspirants of various medical courses. Now considering this bill, do you feel that it will help in cleansing the whole system where you know huge money is charged by these private institutions or the parents of the deserving candidates are cheated by this so will it help in cleansing these so that systems? is the objective of this uh, bill because the idea is that if unless you set right the regulatory authority which actually grants mm -hmm. sanction and gives recognition and also conducts uh, periodical uh, inspection see whether the quality is maintained. This is the basic purpose. Now, as far as you asked about, what about the admission? Supreme Court brought in the NEET, National Eligibility Test for Admission. Now, in this Lok Sabha elections, this NEET itself became an election issue, particularly in a state like Tamil Nadu, where political parties, particularly DMK and even Congress, Congress which had supported NEET at the national level, joined hands with DMK to oppose it in the state, saying that this is prevented a number of uh, students who are from the state board from being able to clear this exam. So there is already a debate questioning the need, but then the Supreme Court judgment, nothing can be done. But the third thing is actually the gap between the demand for the seats and the availability of seats. 
and huge requirement for trained medical personnel, paramedical as well as medical people. So there have been new suggestions that are coming. Why not let's have, because the kind of requirements that are particularly on the rural side, just saw somebody making a suggestion that why not we have so many district hospitals in this country, more than there are as many say 600 odd districts, at least some of the big district hospitals which are very qualified uh, people, senior practitioners, why can't we think of having a college attached to these hospitals because there is a huge demand, particularly in terms of providing specialized medical care at the district level and the sub-district level. This is one proposal because the BJP manifesto, if you see the 75 milestones, they have promised to increase the number of medical colleges in the country. So these are some of the ideas which are coming. But the bigger thing will be you need to have a proper regulatory authority because private sector cannot be kept out from such a big exercise because a lot of money is required to set up medical colleges attached to hospitals because the whole thing is granting even license requires at least you must have a minimum 100 bed hospital to start a medical college. So these are some of the issues. Definitely when this bill is again debated, these things will come up. As I mentioned, there are some issues regarding NEET which is seen as being disadvantages to students particularly in states like Tamil Nadu. Sajid sir, when this Medical Council of India was formed, it was considered to be independent regulatory body that would supervise all the medical institutions or medical education in the country. But as it started working, it faced a lot of charges of corruption and irregularities. Now the bill also proposes to form another regulatory body within its provision. So is it a good idea to have another regulatory body in place of the previous regulatory body or the government should have tried to first clean or you know sort of a streamline MCI. Government it cannot do on its own because a government itself is part of the problem as far as the previous because what used to happen was that the Indian Medical Council though it had members from private sector from others it was also had a lot of officials from the Minister of Health and Family Welfare and the medical education wing of the health ministry was one of the most corrupt wings in the government. So the Supreme Court had said that we cannot have this because there were a lot of discretion to this medical education wing. As wherever there is an interplay of public and private players, look at the telecom sector. Now we have a regulatory body, telecom regulatory authorities. Similarly, SEBI is there on the stock exchanges and so security is there. So we need, especially for education, like we are the All India Technical Education Council for Engineering Colleges. We need to have strong regulatory body, but then how do you make it function? We may have the perfect law, but the kind of people who come there, it's the people who make the law work. So I think that is the attempt of this new medical council, which is being, it will have people of integrity and it will have an impartial administrative support system so that everything will be transparent and determining because we have heard, I had investigated the sham medical colleges as far as back in 1984. So it was a great degree bazaar. Medical college will have nothing. It will have except the pews and this thing. Doctors from another hospital will be taken. Students will be taken from somewhere. They will be certified as a functioning medical college. I mean, so we can't have that. There will be more demand because now we are a much more aware society. That's why the government has brought in a new law which is in sentiment with the 21st century realities. There is another bill which is proposed to be brought in this ongoing session of parliament to check unauthorized occupants in public premises or the government-owned buildings. The bill named as the Public Premises Eviction of 
अनऑथराइज ऑक्यूपेंट्स अमेंडमेंट्स बिल 2009 एंड द अमेंडमेंट्स विल फैसिलिटेट स्मूथ एंड स्पीडी इविक्शन ऑफ अनऑथराइज ऑक्यूपेंट्स फ्रॉम गवर्नमेंट रेसिडेंसेस एंड दोज वैकेंट रेसिडेंसेस विल बी अवेलेबल फॉर अलॉटमेंट टू एलिजिबल पर्सन ऑन मैच्योरिटी ऑफ देयर टर्न इन द वेटिंग लिस्ट हाउ डू यू सी दिस बिल एज इज दिस अ रियल प्रॉब्लम इन न्यू दिल्ली देयर इज अ प्रॉब्लम ऑफकोर्स डेफिनेटली डेल्ही बींग सिटी विच हैज द लार्जेस्ट गवर्नमेंट अकोमोडेशन what has happened is this bill is going to take care of that particular aspect where even when eviction notices are served people go to the court get a stay and they say that they were not adequately given notice before this eviction process started now this particular bill authorizes the estate officer now they can swarm or to take action on the basis of serving notice and to rather to speed up this eviction what has happened is to see that you know people do not use the law and rules and somehow cling on to what has already been allotted to somebody and in many cases there are illegal occupants where the law was sound to be rather weak when it came to managing the government property now this seeks to address that lacuna in the law and here the estate officer will be authorized to ensure that the house is easily occupied by the person to which it is allotted by evicting the people who have illegally occupied it or overstayed it there is much talked about bill that is aadhar amendment bill that is also going to come up in this session and the bill which is named is aadhar and other laws amendment bill 2019 it is expected to go a long way in meeting the people friendly and citizen centric nature of aadhar let me brief you about the salient feature of this bill once it is passed then no individual shall be compelled to provide proof of possession of aadhar number or undergo authentication for the purpose of establishing his identity unless it is so provided by a law made by parliament so this bill flows from the supreme court judgment which said that if aadhar has to be used for other than by a person for other than for receiving government subsidies then there has to be a separate law otherwise it cannot be used now this is to help aadhar as a basis for providing the kyc details so particularly whether you want to have a bank account or you want to open a mobile connection then you can provide aadhar and the companies using aadhar will have to ensure that the data that they take they safeguard it they don't misuse it this law covers those aspects which are part of the supreme court judgment citizen as shekhar ji pointed out that this bill was brought in after supreme court judgment and supreme court judgment followed a recommendation of justice b n shri krishna committee they gave us clear of recommendation on the usage of aadhar but aadhar carries lot many details like my personal information so if it goes to let's say a private company for mobile phone sim will there be chances of misusing the personal data how will those concern be looked into that's what supreme court had addressed these concerns because the biggest critics of aadhar had appeared made their arguments before the supreme court and in its judgment supreme court had said that there has to be a food proof security and the government has been assuring that is the most food proof security thing and even the jekanji referred to the so called breaches the government proved that there was no data lost but yes this is something where now people giving their biometric details their everything where they live what they do everything is there can be accessed through it and also because people have widely given aadhar for various things for getting telephone connection bank accounts and all that the data is available but challenge for the government is more on the management side you don't make it alone but you have to manage the data so that when somebody taps your aadhar number or my aadhar number all our data does not leak out of the system 
So how do we make and then also we must have independent verification of the way the data is protected food. That is a big challenge for the government which is also has been addressed by various committees of the government. Critical experts have said that they will make it much more foolproof. Shikaji, when this bill or the Aadhaar Actual Act, when it had come, there was an allegation from or concern raised by opposition that the ruling party is trying to make whole country as a surveillance state because everybody would be given a distinct 12-digit unique identity number and all his activities, be it monetary transactions, travelling, income tax returns, everything will be linked to it and it can be easily monitored. So, will it not create a situation where all the individuals are being monitored by the government and we are turning into a surveillance state? I am asking no, your concern. Or, or no, this is a, exactly yeah. the argument that was rejected by Supreme Court because it upheld. One of the basic purpose of Aadhaar is linking the Aadhaar with the PAN number. That actually triggered this whole lot of petitions, one after another. And many NGOs in the name of the very grounds you cited wanted to actually challenge this linking of Aadhaar and PAN. And many business groups, particularly the business houses, were very upset with this because there were instances of many people having a number of PAN cards and avoiding payment of tax. Now, that is one aspect which Supreme Court refused to accept and it upheld linkage of Aadhaar and uh, PAN number. So, therefore, concern regarding that has already been settled by the Supreme Court. Now, the question is using Aadhaar illegally for other purposes. That is protected by this law where which provides for punishment for misuse of other data. You see, the government has also come out with DBT, direct benefit transfer, which you talked about. It provides that subsidy of various government and schemes will go directly into the beneficiary's account. And all these beneficiary accounts are also being linked to Aadhaar. So, has it helped in checking corruption and checking leakage of revenue, such as sir? Yeah, the government has released figures which says that more than 25% of the duplicate false accounts of beneficiaries have been eliminated uh, because of uh, linking DBT with other. So this has been their uh, experience and also the government has outflow of funds has only been to the genuine beneficiaries and middlemen are not benefiting and all that. The government says it is justified to have Aadhaar for direct benefit transfer. There is also an ordinance on the banning of unregulated deposit schemes and it is also pending and there are chances that government may come out with a bill in this session. We see there have been a lot of scams involving chit funds. These small time deposits are not regulated in the country. Many concerns have been raised on it. How do you see the importance of this bill if it comes in this session? Will it help gullible investors to save their hard-earned money? There has been need for you know tightening the laws as far as all these fly-by-night operators who float very very attractive schemes. Unfortunately, many of us, even who are we are highly literate, highly educated people, also fall for these schemes because they promise a very high rate of interest. Therefore, we have seen what has happened in the case of Sharda scam and Narda scam, where thousands of you know small people who are small investors or those who save money have put all their life earnings on these schemes, this kind of Ponzi schemes. So there has been a need for a law, for a stringent law, and this bill is supposed to meet that objective. But Sachin sir, it is being said mainly by some of the opposition parties that if this bill comes into the session or make it becomes a law after being given assent by the president, then it will sort of create problem for small time companies who are doing their legitimate business. They may have to get registered and there will be so many processes involved. Hmm. That's uh, what complaints costs are very important to see that the customer, the people are protected. But I am little skeptical. 
this kind of Ponzi schemes have been going on. We have had 20 different kinds of laws coming. Reserve Bank giving issues, directions, state governments. You look at timber scams, everything. I mean, this country has seen it. I don't think as long as people are gullible, they'll be shocked to exploit it. They'll find loopholes. There are two more bills which are to be brought by the government and they are, one is to make India an international hub for international arbitration. That is one bill. Another bill is major push to reform education sector and this bill is Central Education Institution Reservation in Teachers Carter Bill. It will fill the government vacancy and ensure that the procedure is followed. Just very briefly, Shekhar. Yeah, uh, this particular bill, universities bill, is actually to nullify the Allahabad High Court judgment and that is where the ordinance has come, where the quota, particularly for reservation will be taken as as a whole of the university instead of department wise. There will be a roster system under which this will be considered. This was demand of all parties. So therefore there should be no problem with this. The other bill which you mentioned is about international arbitration. Uh, that is also a move for to make since London is considered an international arbitration center that we should also have our own arbitration centers. This is to encourage Delhi which has the best of legal numeraries in this country should be considered for developing as an international arbitration center. The session has started and it will end on July 27. There are a lot of legislative business which need to be taken up. The Economic Survey of India will be presented to Parliament on 4th July. Then there will be budget which will be on 5th July. Hope all these businesses are taken up and most of the crucial laws are passed by the Parliament. Thank you so much Sachiji and Shekharji talking to us. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. You were listening to our discussion on Key Bills in Parliament. The participants were Political Analyst K.S. Sachidanand Murthy and Shekhar Rayar. Ashwini Srivastava, Journalist, initiated the discussion. This program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. You can also listen to this program on our website, newsonair.com. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsdtalks at gmail.com. 